We're starting a new series today entitled Bad Blood, where we're going to look at relationships and dealing with issues and problems. Obviously, the uh, first guy is going to have to deal with some problem over that coffee maker. That was kind of, kind of bad. Needs a Keurig. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Around here, we like to say we want to be real. We don't want to be fake or religious. We just want to be real with God, with each other, and be real about truth. And so... In this series, we're going to try to be real and honest about bad blood, about conflicts in relationships. Here we are, right off the bat. You ready? Here goes. Every one of us has some relationship that is tainted with bad blood. I know you're beautiful all out there and everything, but we're human. We have conflicts and there's problems, and we have some relationship that has some bad blood. Maybe, uh, maybe you have a roommate, you know, like the video where he's very inconsiderate all the time and you're just always mad at him. Or maybe there's a coworker who brings their special extra smelly shrimp fondue crazy creation and puts it in the microwave at work and stinks up the whole lunchroom. And you go in like, uh, and he's like, what? what? You know, he's ruined his nose so he can't smell it anymore. Well, bad blood can infect any relationship. It can happen at any moment. You may have a great marriage, but something can happen, and then there's bad blood. There's a problem. There's a conflict that's just eating away. It's like an a unhealed wound is just there. You could have a friendship with a person, and then all of a sudden things just go bad, and there's this animosity, this bad blood. Uh, you might have a coworker at work, and the truth is you can be infected in just a microsecond that fast. A relationship can be challenged and harmed and put on edge. Well, listen to this nugget here of truth we want to share with you. Think about your physical body. If your physical body has a blood issue, you've got a blood disease, there's a problem in your blood, it's going to affect your entire body, isn't it? All of your organs, your heart, your lungs, your brain, all of you is going to be affected by this bad blood inside your body. Well, we want to turn that outward to our relationships and say this. If you have bad blood in one relationship, it can poison all your other relationships. Just like bad blood won't just affect my heart, it'll affect my whole body if it's not dealt with. We can become kind of bitter people. We can start to see others with the same bad blood lens and our other relationships are greatly harmed as well. Several years ago... Um there was, uh, I had a guy that we were friends, and we, you know, we kind of did some stuff together, like even church stuff together, and um, in one day, uh, just in one small span of time, uh, we ended up with bad blood. This guy, uh, we, we were just out in, in public somewhere, and I, I overheard, and then I was eavesdropping, the, you know, I overheard for a minute, then eavesdropped the rest of the way. How many of y'all have ever, y'all never done that? Um, <laughs> I did it, and so and so for about an hour, I, I listened to this guy, um, like just. I thought he was a friend. I thought he was a friend of the fa- my family, things like that. And I just heard him say what I thought was a bunch of awful stuff, uh, you know, putting down people that I cared about and loved. And quite honestly, you know, it upset me. Uh, you know, it kind of ticked me off a bit. And and by the time that it may, you know, in my mind it was an hour. It could have been a minute, but I think it was an hour. Um, you know, so. You know, he wanted to talk to me after that, and I was like, mm, nah, I don't really have much to say. 
You know, I was, I was, anybody ever been there? I was kind of like, mm, nah, you know, just, I, did, I don't really have much to say to you. You know, we, we talked briefly, but it, it wasn't, it just really wasn't good. And that was pretty much the end of us being friends. It's pretty much the end of us doing, you know, doing anything together. And, um, you know, over the years, anytime that I would cross paths with this guy, you know, it would just make my blood boil a little bit. Now, again, I, you know, I realize that I'm the only person in Bay City that's ever happened to, but I just wanted, I just wanted to let y'all in on my life a little bit. So I've had bad blood. Um, so I have a question. How about y'all? Have you had bad blood? Where is the bad blood in your life? today. You know, what, what's happening right now? Every relationship has bad blood just right around the corner. And how we handle these moments of challenge and conflict, how we help handle these greatly influences the health and the quality of all of our relationships. Listen to this. The quality of our lives is only as good as the quality of our relationships. Powerful statement. Your life's only as good as your relationships. Think about some of your happiest moments. Probably those moments were full of lots of great relational dynamics going on in your life. But the quality of our life is only as good as the quality of our relationships. It's like this. The more bad blood I have in my life, the more hurt and pain and anger and resentment I'm going to have. Bad stuff increases in my life if it's full of bad blood. Also, the more bad blood I have, the less peace, less happiness, less joy, less fulfillment I have in my life. Bad blood makes me have less of the good stuff of life. But we have good news for you today so y'all can smile. Um, there is a way to fix this bad blood. There, there's a way to take care of this. And uh, the, what, what we're going to do today is start talking about it. There's a, this is a series, so we're going to give you a piece of it today. And we're going to start by talking about something, a guy named Paul that he wrote. This, this, guy named, this guy, Paul, he wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament of the Bible. We consider him to be a very smart guy. He wrote a lot of stuff that we talk about a lot, and we use it and apply it to our lives. And, and throughout the, the world, the, the church world, people have used this stuff for a long time. Well, he didn't start there. Just so you know, this guy started out pretty much as a terrorist. I mean, literally. I mean, just imagine, imagine uh, some, a terror organization right now. ISIS comes to mind, but one of these folks, they, you know, they kill people. And they, you know, they put them to death, and they're brutal about it. And it's not a good situation, and that stuff is real. Well, this guy, Paul, did that. As a matter of fact, the people he, you know, attacked and had killed and signed off on, you know, the deaths of all these people, he attacked the Christian people. He didn't like them. He hated them. And so he did everything he could to destroy uh, the church, to destroy Christian people. I mean, you can, you can look this up. I'm, this is true. This happened. Well, this guy one day had an experience with God, and he decided, okay, I'm going to change teams now, okay? Uh, and so he did. And, and, and so just that's the background of it. So y'all hold on to that. We're going to come back to it. I want to read to you something he said later on after he became a good guy. Romans 12, he wrote this to the, the, the Christian people living in Rome. And he said this, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. All right. Everyone kind of pops out there to me here at the beginning. You know, he said, live at peace with everyone. Now, I know what you might be thinking. You might be thinking, that's easier said than done, buddy. 
It's easy to say, oh, I love everybody, you know, or, oh, I'm going to have, I'm just going to be nice to everybody, or, you know, I'm just going to live at peace with all of my neighbors and friends and people that hate me and people that I hate. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, and it's easier said than done, and that's true. I agree. It is not always easy to live at peace with people because people do stupid things, right? Not y'all, but people, all right? People. Other people. Other yeah. people. Yeah. 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 Um, Paul actually knew what he was talking about, and he knew it very well because he was this bad guy. He stood by and, and, and you know, helped people get killed and decided, well, now I'm going to be like them. I'm going to follow God like them. So now he's like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm one of y'all. Can you, imagine, can you imagine the bad blood that people had towards him? You know, what if it was your brother that he stood by and, and, and had him killed? And now, you're, now he's supposed to be on your side. Can you imagine the, just the animosity? This guy was up to his eyeballs in bad blood because of all the stuff he had done. And so he knew when he said, live, if it's possible, live at peace with everybody, you know, as far as it depends on you. Uh, he knew how hard, and he, he knew what he was asking. I want you to look at the reference again. Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, here, here at Ignite Church, we really, we try to be, live in reality, and, and we try to be just open and clear about everything. So here, here's something, um, if it is possible, let's start at the very beginning. What that says to me is, it may not always be possible to live at peace with everybody. There may be times in your life, and there may be people in your life that it's not going to be that way. You know, just, you've gone as far as you can go, and, 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 uh, but, but listen to this. You need to try. Uh, you need to give it your best shot. So as far as, you know, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, um, the reality here is this. There may never be peace within some of the relationships you have. It's true. It's a fact. We've probably, most of you have probably experienced this. But to pursue peace is never a waste of time. It is never a waste of time to pursue peace. You and I, we can pursue peace even if the other person, the person we have bad blood with, even if they don't and even if they never do. Now, you might be thinking, okay, I get it. You know, there's, there's something for me to do to, to live at peace with people. So what, what are we talking about? What, what do we, you know, how do we do that practically? Well, to help us understand that, we're about to look at a video. Let me set it up for you a little bit. The video is a putting, golf putting training video by Tiger Woods. We're just going to watch a little bit of it. But Tiger Woods is one of the greatest golfers ever, and he was a great putter. And so you think about putting the ball, obviously, you know, you have to do the swing and all that sort of stuff, but that's not what he's talking about. He's going to walk all around where the hole is, the cup on the green, and talk about reading the green. So let's look at the video about reading the green and putting. I've already marked the golf ball. I've placed it. What I do is I'm, I walk about halfway. Kind of take a look at the second half of the break. What it's going to do, kind of get a feel for it. Right now I'm going to check this cloudy uphill, left, right. I'm going to look at the hole in the green. The green is going to be in off the left. Bend down, take a look. You see the green is pretty strong, left to right. So my adjustment is going to be a little more. Still taking a look at it, still uphill. Trying to get a feel for overall break and 
two practice strokes, and on the second practice stroke, I look up, I'm going to cut down where I want the ball to start out at, one look, and then I'm gone. Know your game. That was strong. <laughs> did you notice the different things he did? First off, he gets halfway to the hole and says, I'm going to see what the break is from here to there. Then he walks around the other side. And he even said this. He said, I can see the grain. He meant the grain of the tiny grass blades. Because at a golf course, as a day goes by, the grass blades actually move with the sun during the course of a day. And those guys are so precise that they even look for, oh, okay, the grain's this way, so I've got to compensate for it. And he talked about the break, and then before he hit it, he goes, and i got to remember, it's uphill. That matters in how hard I hit it. He was so meticulous and thorough, and that's what we, what we believe God wants us to be willing to do. He wants us to be the golfer in a situation and to really be willing to look at it. So in a relationship characterized by bad blood, you should take a look at the issue from all sides so you can empathize. And this is key because obviously there's some issue behind a conflict you have with somebody, but there's more than the issue behind it. There's the person behind it. And when we say looking at it from the all perspectives helps you empathize, it helps put you in their place to understand where are they coming from, what's going on in their life that if I understand better, maybe we can address this situation. So we want to uh, give you some suggestions and and just really encourage you, just don't look at the relationship from your one side. Uh, <laughs> I know from the golf course, if I only look at the ball from one side, uh, I'm probably in trouble. Well, that's what we're talking about, being willing to take a moment and really give it some thought. So how can we empathize? What are practical steps to empathizing with the other guy in a bad blood situation? First off, look from their perspective and be willing to see it as truth. In essence, we're saying... Take the attitude, well, maybe I'm wrong and they're right. So I'm going to look at this like they're right, and I'm going to think about them and how they came to that place. What were they thinking? What, what has influenced their thinking to come to that place? And, and, of course, you're doing this in an attitude of prayer. God, help me, because I know this relationship issue concerns you, and it's not good for me and other people as well. So you're saying, God, help me see their perspective. And while you're doing it, the next suggestion comes into play. Suspend your judgment as you look. You're saying, you know what? I don't know who's right or wrong. The way I want to look at it now is just be open. Give it the benefit of the doubt. I want to just be so open that they could be right. So it doesn't mean they're right. It doesn't mean you have to change your mind. But if you want to empathize and get where they're coming from, you're willing to say, God, I want to see it. From their perspective, and this is key. I got a new word today I want, I want to use here. To suspend judgment means turn off your opinionator. Turn off your opinionator. Man, we all have opinionators. Chad's is really strong. It's, it is. But <laughs> if we say, God, help me just release my opinion and really be open to this person's perspective. And so that's looking at the situation and looking for understanding in your mind. Now, let's flip that coin over, though, because there's more going on than just an issue and perspective on reading the issue. Look at our third suggestion. To empathize with the other person, recognize what they were feeling when the bad blood started. 
Now you're wanting to put yourself in the position, not just what they were thinking, but what were they feeling? And you're, you're saying, God, you know, was there something uh, going on in their life I forgot about that could have caused them to be sensitive and lash out at me like that or, or whatever? And so you're wanting to be open to understanding their feelings because that means so, so much. So recognize what they were feeling when the bad blood started. Be willing to put yourself in their shoes. Be willing to put yourself in their shoes and accept this big deal. They don't have to think like you. Believe it or not, there's more than one way to think about stuff, and many perspectives are valid. And this is one of the hardest things for me, and just letting go by opinionator thinking, well, they really don't have to think like me, do they? So the first way, one of the first ways to help get rid of this bad blood is to empathize. The second one is in a relationship with bad blood, you should focus on what you can do. Now, let me put it in a question, kind of. What depends on you in this relationship that has bad blood? What is your part in it? Think of it this way. You need to own your piece of the pie. And I know some of you are like, yeah, but my piece of the pie is a sliver, you know, <laughs> 99% of the pie is them, 1%. Maybe just 1% of the pie is me. Well, own your 1%. All right, take, grab a hold of it and say, okay, this is my 1%. Let, let me see what I can do with it. You don't ever, ever, ever want to be the person in a relationship that is responsible for the lack of peace. You don't want to be that person. Um, you know, again, we said already, it's possible that somebody may never, they, they may, some people could hate you for the rest of their lives. We hope not, and we don't want that, but it's possible. Um, but you don't want to be that person. So own your piece of the pie. And listen, be honest, uh, you know, and kind of ask yourself, have I reached that line, the, the line that if I cross it in trying to, you know, make peace with this person or make things right, if I cross that line, it'd be irresponsible. I've gone as far as, as healthy. If I take one more step towards them, it's going to be detrimental. It's not, it's, it's a bad thing. We be, I believe you can get there because you can go as far as, there's a certain point, that's as far as I can go. If I go any further, it's not going to help anything. All right, that's possible. But the question is, have you gotten there? You know, have you reached that part in that line? In, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about this a little more, all right? So we're, we're going to call it boundaries, and, and we will be talking about that specifically. Uh, I have another question for you. Are you open to the possibility of peace in that relationship? Back it up a second. Most of you have now thought of a person and you've pictured them in your mind. When we said bad blood, I mean, there's a person, you know, there's a bad, you've pictured somebody like, yep, I, I know this, you know, their face is, you know, poster, you know, plastered in your head right now. Um, are you open to the possibility that there be peace in that relationship? It's, it's, it can, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. Uh, a few months back, uh, the guy that I was talking about earlier, you know, the one that I was like, we're not friends anymore. You know, I don't want to talk to you. Um, well, he, he, he kind of reached out and, and, and wanted, wanted to chat. So me being, you know, the great person that I am said, okay. <laughs> no, I was like, man, I'm the pastor of a church. I better say okay because, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so I said, hey, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll sit down. We'll talk. And so we did. And um, after we sat down and talked for a minute, here's what we did. We, we, we started doing what we saw in that video. We started going around 
and looking at the whole deal, you know, okay, so when, when, when he was saying this and this was happening, what was his perspective? What, what, was, what was going on, you know, in his life? What, what got him there? And he did the same thing. And so as we, as we talked, we realized that when this one hour of our lives happened, we realized that we didn't realize what had been going on. We, we, didn't, we didn't realize what the other person was thinking or where the other person was coming from, and uh, we were able to get rid of the bad blood between us. It's like, okay, so now if I see this person in town, uh, I don't have to, like, you know, drive on the other side of the road or go down the other aisle or give them that fake, hey, how you doing, what, you know, because we all know that's fake. Um, I don't have to do that. I can genuinely say, hey, you know, you know we don't hang out every day. We, it doesn't, you know, we, we're not like best friends, but we don't have any bad blood. You know, it, it's all good. We buried the hatchet on that, and it is so, so nice. You can do this if you will own your piece of the pie. Because during that conversation, there was a, you know what, man, I'm sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. You know, and so I own up. Yep, you know, I, I had a little bit of an attitude. It, it, I know it's shocking, but I, I did. I had a little, bit, a little bit of an attitude. So the question becomes, or is, are you open to the possibility that the person that you have bad blood with, that there could actually be peace? If you're honest with yourself, a lot of times we think, oh, I don't want it. I'm just assuming never talk to them again. Well, because it's energy and it's work, and you may have to admit that you had the peace. That, that may be the biggest thing is admitting you even had a slice. So anyway, getting rid of bad blood is fantastic. So to summarize, let's kind of put it in some general statements. If we do what we're talking about today, we won't have to go through the store avoiding people <laughs> or spend energy to make sure I stay mad and offended or worry about if they get what they deserve. You, you, you could live free of all that. On the other hand, though, if you hold on to bad blood, it can poison that relationship and other relationships as well. Now, we want to leave you with one major statement here today. Now, you remember what Chad talked about when he looked at the verse, the phrase that said, as far as it is possible with you, do all you can. Well, here, here's the, the truth that God wants to encourage us all with today, okay? I may approach a situation and do my best to bring peace to it and own my part and do all that stuff, but that person refused to be reconciled right then. So they walk away, and the relationship isn't healed. Nothing's changed in that relationship. But you know what has happened? Something has happened inside of you. Because you've stepped out and taken God at his word and prayerfully and humbly tried to appeal to the person. And you've done all you could do. And so that person walks away still bad or whatever, but you just take a breath and go, I'm good. I'm good now. So here's how we put it. We can have peace about the relationship without peace in the relationship. So God wants you to have peace in your heart. Whether or not every relationship gets fixed or not, you can have peace about all of them as we do what we talked about today. So to head toward the end, let's look at a couple of steps we can take. First off, ask yourself the obvious questions. Do I have any bad blood relationships? That's pretty much a check for all, probably all of us today. <laughs> Second, have I done all I can to make peace? And you might be thinking, well, I'm not sure. I don't know. This is where you pray and ask God to help you and show you things that you could do to make peace. So let's say you're like, okay, I get it. Here's this person. Yeah, I need to address it. Here's our suggestion. Number two, with prayer and humility, try to make peace where you can. 
You're praying, God, do, do something here. Touch my heart, touch their heart. And God, as I approach them, I want to be humble. I want to own my piece of the pie. And uh, we, did, we didn't put it in the notes here, but this is huge. If you're a note taker, you might jot this down. There are two huge words that go with number two here. With prayer and humility, try to make peace. Two huge words. You can probably guess what they are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When you approach someone saying, I, I want to talk about this, and if you're open to it, uh, I want to say something right off the bat. I am sorry about this. And you identify it. You don't excuse it. You own it. When, when we approach people like that, unless they're just super hard-hearted, mean kind of people, almost everybody will go, wow. You know, they see your humility. They see you owning your piece of that pie. And it can make a huge, huge difference. So as we wrap up today, we're going to do two things. I want to pray for you about this topic, and then we're going to pray over the food. It's all out in the cafe, so after we pray, go grab the grub. There's tables there, tables outside, tables everywhere, I guess you could say. But we're excited about hanging out and spending some more time together. Y'all stand. Now, I want to do something. I want to ask you something that might be a little unpleasant, but I want to ask you, visualize that person right now. Like Chad said, it may be the poster right there in your mind. Visualize that person. Keep looking at them in your mind as I pray. Let's pray. Lord, you know the relationships that are in our minds right now. And more importantly, you know how you can address them and bring peace to them and, and what we need to do. So, Lord, I pray for all of us here today that, that we could just really get some direction from you, some wisdom, some insight. Help us to look at the situation like they look at it. Help us to empathize with them. And then, God, after we get some insight and, and we feel like it's time, Lord, help us to pursue peace with that person and do all we can to have peace. Lord, help us. We need it. We're so human. But we know you have a better way that we not have to live with bad blood. Lord, thanks for our church. It's just a joy every week to see folks and to hang out and to worship and just, just all that we get to do, and now we're about to have more fun and, and eat a meal. So I thank you for all the food that's been prepared out there. Lord, thanks for all the guys who worked hard setting it all up, the tables and chairs and all that. Lord, thanks for those folks who got it ready for us. We ask you to bless this food, to strengthen our body, and bless our afternoon together. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.